Welcome to Tice Talks, episode 41. Today we're talking about friendship with our special guest, Pastor Joshua Tice. What? Yep. Joshua is the senior pastor of Southern Hills Baptist Church of Las Vegas. He's the second son of Dr. David Tice. And most importantly, he's my older brother. Your favorite older brother. (laughs) I can't say that. I work for the other one. Oh, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. Um, I am so glad to be here, Charity, with you today. I'm sad that um, Matthew could not join us today. Where is he today? What's going on with Matthew? I think my boss is at Disney World. At Disney World? Oh, okay. That's right. It is Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) Or he's preaching somewhere. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm sure. I'm I'm sure sure he's preaching somewhere. (laughs) So Josh has recently published a book entitled The Quest for Friendship, and we invited him to here today to share some truths that go along with his book. Um, First, I wanted to talk about how enjoyable the book really was. Okay, it was 11 o'clock at night for me, and I was about to go to bed, and I thought, no, no, I got to read at least a chapter of Josh's book. He just gave it to me. So <laughs> it I begins least... like a chore. Isn't so that the I way can... it is to pick yes. up a book? And I thought, yeah. I'll just let him know, um, you know, that I started. So I started at 11, and five chapters later, around 1230, I forced myself to put the book away and go to bed. But it was that good that I was just like, oh, just one more chapter. Oh, just one more chapter. So all throughout the book, I've marked spots, too, that I'm like, this is me. This is me. This is not me. This, is, But it's such a relatable, relatable book. So um, here's my plug for the book. I, I have a lot of people have problems making friends and enjoying friendships. That's never been my problem. Like that's, I have a lot of other problems, right? (laughs) So yet I learned so much from this friendship book that I thought I'm going to make sure I read this so I can tell my brother I read it and it was a good book. Yep. Family obligation. Yes. And like, and just tell other people, oh, this will be a helpful book for you. But this book was so good, and it was helpful to me, someone who thought, oh, you know, I don't really need to improve my friendship life that much, you know? But I saw areas that I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to work on this, and areas that I thought, oh, I want my, I want my son to work on this. Mm-hmm. I need to help yeah. guide my children in these different areas. So yeah. there's my plug specifically for, for that. I did really like... Um, your circle of friendships. Mm. Let's talk a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Where did you get those? Yeah, I stole it from somewhere. Um, <laughs> and for, for those who listen who either write or speak or develop talks, sermons, whatever it might be that you do as it relates to communication, there are certain times where you have very clear memories of learning something and you know where you learned it. And then to appropriate that and to put it somewhere um, is called plagiarism. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then you have just general knowledge that you've accumulated over the years that you begin to use, especially if you're like a, a I'm a pastoral counselor, right? So I spend a lot of time counseling. And um, there are many, many moments throughout my life, as, as it's true with you, that we learn from mother and father that, that we would take a napkin or something at some type of Denny's and we'd chart out some kind of a chart and say, okay, here's your problem. Your problem is, and this was one of those charts, right? This is one of those things somewhere along the way I realized, okay, you got really best friends and you got mm-hmm. close friends and you got uh, whatever, whatever, whatever. So I'm not sure really where that came from. I'm assuming at some point in my life somebody talked with me or key, maybe a camp. accumulation of knowledge that just... 
accumulated? I guess. I mean, maybe at camp sometime when I'm 15 years old, probably somebody preached a sermon about circles of friendship. I don't know. Um, But this was the first time I sat down and said, okay, what would all those circles be like? It reminded me a lot of the circles that we talk about with our church. Mm. And like the core of the oh yeah, it reminded yeah. me a now lot. Now that comes from Rick that. Warren's um, book, uh, Purpose Driven Church. Oh, see, from, and I didn't even yeah. know. But like you said, it's yeah. just because once you're accumulation of knowledge, yeah, yes. which I think is where a lot of books and 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 writings do go. But um, for me, that was an that was helpful in sitting down and saying what what is my relationship with a fan? Let's say, and in the book we talk about you know, like fans, man, who are you? No, no, we all have fans. It's it's people that know who you are but you don't really know them well. My friend um, had her 12-year-old read the book, and she hadn't read it yet. She said, oh, we'll just read it together. And he sat down, started reading just like I did, and he's like, oh, Mom, you don't have to force me to read this book. I really like this book. I'm already learning. And so he was already through the book before she even finished the first chapter. And she said, she was talking to me about it, and she's like, now he he told me, oh, those are just my fans, and I <laughs> said, you don't have fans, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And so I explained to her what you you know. I said those are like people that follow you on Facebook that you don't actually know, yeah. or you know, on different social media. And in our modern see. world, we kind of do. Yeah. Um, even even more so now, I think than ever before, because you are known by far more people than you actually know. Right. Um, because of the way the world works today. Um, well, she liked the explanation that I gave instead good. of what she got <laughs> and what you put in the book. She good. just hadn't read the book yet. Yeah. And he did have an understanding of what it was. But I loved it that the mom and son are reading it together. But So how many books have you written? Okay, so um, at, as of right now, um, this moment when we're recording this, middle of July, one... <laughs> So, Which one is your favorite the, of all That's the books? Of all the books that I've written, question. hold on. Let me let me hold on. Let me think. Okay, so yeah, of all the books that I've written, I would say, oh man, that's tough. I would say Quest for Friendship. Yeah, that's a, that was a produced great in 2021. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and Josh has produced two other books that are called the Idea Journals. Correct. And those are helpful for all of his books are just very helpful if you if you work in ministry, if you work even if you don't work in ministry, but if you serve at a church. Yeah. Like the Idea Journals, I love them. They're ones that I can say to people that serve along with me. They're not vocational ministry in yeah. their life. They Those those books are are, are a, com- uh, a compilation of Articles written mm-hmm. by other ministry leaders within the Idea Network, which is a ministerial association um, of ministry leaders for the purpose of fellowship and sharing ideas. And so what we've done is there have been so many good ideas that have been shared at these roundtables. We've gone to certain leaders and said, hey, could you write a chapter or a uh, article or a blog on that specific issue? Um, or that specific idea, and then we compile those and produce those journals. Now, those can't be found on Amazon as as Quest for Friendship can be. You can just Google Quest for Friendship mm-hmm. or look on Amazon. That's right there. Those are only available at the Idea Network website under the store tab. Okay, so but, ideanetwork.com, you go mm-hmm. to it, and then you yep. can get those Ideanetwork.church, and go to the store, and you can pick up those copies. So the thing that's important about that that I think is just amazing, those would not be done without your knowledge and your practice of friendship. Because you don't get a group of people to get together and do something like that unless you have 
true friendship with people and understanding different people's ideals and what they and their ideologies and being able to relate and talk to them. And I think that those just show how well your friendship book I mean, and the things that you've done in your own life to accumulate friends and to be the friend that you're supposed to be. So um, what part of the book did you have the hardest time writing? Oh, man, that's so that's interesting. I I relate so much of writing to writing sermons simply because that's what I've done for most of my life. Um, I write a sermon and deliver a sermon. Um, and I find that when I'm writing a sermon and it becomes difficult to write that sermon, um, it's really difficult to deliver the sermon, and it's honestly difficult to listen to the sermon. Um, an easy-flowing sermon to write becomes an easy-flowing sermon to deliver and an easy-flowing sermon to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, I say all that to say, when I was writing this book, every single one of these chapters seemed to just flow. Mm. It was so much fun. Um, and each one seemed to flow into the next. So I'd sit down for a day, and I would write out, uh, write out one chapter, and um, it, would, it takes about a day, and, uh, and immediately at the end, it was like um, the next chapter appeared, and I knew exactly where this story needed to go. Um, so it was just a lot of fun. So what I do hear quite a bit was, um, especially from my more academic friends, they'd be like, this was a very easy read, is what they'll say. <laughs> it's not an academic. It never meant to be a, a treatise or even a research. Uh, in fact, I would love to see somebody with the academic credentials, far more than mine, produce a companion piece that talks about the data and, uh, and the analytics and the research behind friendship. This is much more of um, anecdotal evidence and rational, logical thinking as it relates to how am I developing the relationships around me? To your point a moment ago, Charity, there are people that will hear about this book and they'll think, well, I already really have the closest friendships that I need, and mm-hmm. that's good. Or somebody like you who is a larger Lego, as we talk about yes. in chapter number four, um, might think to themselves, well, I already have all the connections I need. And really this book is not just about friendships. It's about relationships. Yeah. It's about investing in the relationships around you, knowing what those relationships are, and then utilizing those relationships to help those people, and in turn, it helps you. It's about relational health more than it is about anything else. Um, and, uh, and, and it's incredibly important, especially, especially for men. So why do you say especially for men? Okay. I, like th- I wouldn't hear this. <laughs> okay, well, I, I would say especially for men because I think that men are um, relationally... Um, uh, challenged (laughs) yeah they think they're fine i would say stunted yeah relationally stunted um i I was told years ago don't drink coffee it'll stunt your growth well i should have (laughs) listened you had a lot (laughs) yeah i had i I had too much coffee growing up um here's the problem i think that a lot of men struggle with relationships now a lot of women that i've counseled over the years um man I, i i can see there's a desire for friendship yeah and there is a concern, even prayer requests. For for years, yeah. I've received weekly prayer requests through our, uh, we, at our church, what we do is we have people turn in prayer requests in the offering plates. And uh, then we read through those and pray through those. Every, I mean, for years, I've received prayer requests, my wife and I have, for women saying, pray that God would help right. me find a friend. And this book addresses that. 
the problem with men is that they're totally unaware of their need. they need the friendship. For friendship, 100%. So for years now, I've been making it my practice to ask men in counseling and casual conversations, looking them in the eye, saying, tell me about your friendships. Who are your closest friends? And without- Because they're taught to be like, you're the man. And yeah. you can you can you can handle this and not being I mean, reaching out to a mentor and a friendship, like reaching out to a friend, and say, I'm having a hard time with this is kind of un unthinkable. Yeah. No. Uh, yes. In fact, just yesterday, as of the, this recording, I was counseling an incredible leader. He's a man in his 40s. He just he's finished a 20 year career in the Air Force, a wonderful, godly man. And um, he said to me. He said, uh, my biggest problem is that I don't have good friends. He said, as of two years ago. And I said, well, what happened? He said, well, for my entire life, I would keep people at a distance. Hmm. He says, I was a manager of many people in the Air Force. I led a lot of people, and I just would not allow people in. And he said, for him, and this I hear all the time with men, for him, he said, I'm just tired. Hmm. He said, with my personality, the way it is, a little bit more introverted, he said, by the end of the day, I had already had all the interactions I wanted to have. And he said, so by the time I got home, I just wanted to grab a beer and sit down and watch television mm-hmm. and relax. He said, the problem is now that my children are getting of a certain age in their late teens, early 20s, I'm not seeing the benefit. He didn't say it this way, but what he's not seeing is the fruit of all the investment into personal friendships that he should be enjoying yeah. at this stage of his life. He's lonely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bluntly, he is. Yeah. So over the last two years, he started getting into small groups and, and investing in relationships. Now he has three men in his life that he feels are close friends. I was talking to a man um, just four days before that with a man uh, who's in his 60s. He spent his entire life in, in, um, uh, in management in the post office. And he said, my entire life, Pastor... He said, I read your book. He said, my entire life, I kept people at an arm's distance. I would not open up. He said, now, you would know him to be one of the most friendly people you know. He would have tons of, quote, unquote, friends. He said, but I've never had somebody that I could be close to. Hmm. And he said, it wasn't until about a year ago, and he named another man in the church who's retired in the 60s. He said, I've never had a man who challenges me. I've never had a man who says, no, you're wrong. I've never had a man who, who pushes back. And he said, I've never had more fun in my life since now I have Mm -hmm. a friend. Here's what I think. I think the devil steals the joy and the opportunity, this pleasure that men don't even know they're missing out on. And they steal it from them because men do not see, number one, the need. And number two, if they do see the need, they don't invest the time to build a friendship that becomes one of the greatest pleasures of life. I like what you said about, um, he said his friend, his kids are growing and now he's like, wait a second. Like you address the fact that a lot of people are like, well, my wife's my friend, Hmm. my husband's my friend yeah, yeah, and how you can't expect you're putting too much expectation on a wife to be the buddy or the wife putting too much expectation to be the best friend of, oh, to really care about your lipstick. Yeah. And to really care about the- I, lo- I, I love I love talking about that chapter. It um an engineer would say that bridge can't hold that weight. Oh, that's really good. Yes. And so in Christendom, in and in, in many of you that are listening are probably followers of Christ, 
what we do is we say, okay, my, my husband's going to be my best friend. Right. What you mean by that mm-hmm. sometimes is my husband's going to be my everything. My only friend. My only my, friend. Yes. So how in the world can you expect him to care about the color of your lipstick? Or like you said, my nails just got done and, and I can't wait to tell you about this chapter of this book that I read. And and so we just were doing this last night, my husband and I, on my <laughs> birthday. I said, okay, I've been reading Michelle Obama's book. Yeah. And I was like, I'm telling, I'm like, this happened and this, this is fascinating. Tell him all the different things of how the different cultures are and how they grew up. And, and I could just see him like glaze over. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, okay. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> That's so funny. And in no way, in he no way is that being bad. Rude or mean or no, it right. just And it's not bad that you want to share those things. Right. But here's where the here's where the marital conflict often comes in. If you if you'd have no recourse and nobody else to share that with, you're going to feel frustrated like I have this wonderful thing in my life that mm. I can share it with nobody cuz my husband, therefore we identify he's a bad husband. Yes. No, Where no. I know I can call Melinda and be like, listen, what I just read about, la, 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 la. And she'll be like, I'm going to go get the book and let's talk about it together. And yes. so, so investing, I would say people say, well, you got to invest in your marriage. Yes. But if you don't invest in other relationships, you're actually being detrimental to your marriage. Hmm. If you don't have an occasional um, time with the guys, if you don't have a men's group, if you don't have a let's go out with the ladies night out, if you don't invest in those um, same-sex relationships, yeah. those friendships, it's putting way too much pressure on that marriage. And sometimes, if you're not careful, it will lead to damaging or even the collapse of the marriage. And you talked about the, the more needy spouse and not mm-hmm. in a bad way at all because that, that you can totally see that when you, when you just watch people and personalities. There Correct. is the one that is needy more yes you're the needy one i'm the needy one in our family i'm with heather and i i'm the needy one i need that attention and if i don't if i don't um if i don't talk to so i'm a huge uh marvel movie fan right i don't just watch the marvel movies i watch youtube videos about the marvel movies that are made for teenagers really happened yes (laughs) the behind behind the scenes and 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 how they diverge from the comics i've got to tell you if i so just last night, I texted my friend David after I finished watching the Loki finale. I had to text my friend David a few things about the Loki finale because I, I did not want to talk to Heather about it because Heather would have been like, stop it. Stop. <laughs> so what was that? That's not her being a bad wife, and that's not me being a terrible person. It's the fact that I have other people to talk to about these things. And some guy, man, can get frustrated my wife doesn't care about my all my guns. She's right. not interested in guns. Right. She's just not it. So it's okay to invest in those other relationships. And the other end of that, Heather is such a good sport. Heather has watched. She has chosen yeah. to like things of Marvel yeah. that you like. Now it's not like her favorite thing in the whole world, but she's decided. Fine, if this is what we are, I'm Black Widow. Then I'm gonna be. You know, like I like finding the things, but it doesn't mean that she has to be totally engulfed. But that's what a friend does, too. Correct. This is something that you like. Okay, I'll enjoy it with you. I don't have to become the Marvel nerd. I don't have to, but I I can see you enjoy it, and I can watch you enjoy it and enjoy some of the stuff with you. But, like... We talk a lot about that in that marriage chapter, and I think think that as a whole 
Um, yeah, read that chapter. It's gonna be it'll be good if yeah. you're if you're listening. I think that'll help quite a bit. Well, it's it's so good. Um, I was gonna ask you to describe your book's ideal reader, but honestly, I think it's anybody from like junior high and up. Yeah. I mean, it's just like you said, it's relational. There's now there are some stuff. There's a few things that you might if you haven't talked to your children about you know when issues we talk about in marriage, life. Yeah, yes. there's a little bit of. Yes, but mm-hmm. if you've already, if you've, and that's stuff we've already talked about on the Tice Talk, so you can look back in episodes of talking to your children about about sex and relationships and those kinds of things. But if you haven't done that, then you might be like, oh, I can't believe my 13-year-old read this. Well, quite honestly, your 13-year-old's seen a whole lot worse of other <laughs> things. Yes. <laughs> if, yeah. um, so, but I believe if you read it, you can talk to your kids about how people relate with that's what as a mom yeah. that's when i'm reading it i'm like wow i can see this already in my 12 year old i can see how my daughter does this in my nine-year-old and it can help you direct them but it is like you said it's an easy read so high school for instead of there's so many books that they do for book reports and these are the kinds of books i read in high school for my book reports I remember when Neil and I, a couple years after we got married, we were moving into a new house and he came inside and he said, I feel so bad. And I'm like, what? He said, well, I just moved your like special box from like your growing up book box. And I opened it up and I looked through all of it. You have like 15 books on marriage. You read all of those in high school, didn't you? And you're the benefiter of this. You're like, the beneficiary. I didn't read any book on <laughs> marriage until we were getting married and I was forced to. But those things really did help our marriage. Even there's books that I, we read that I'm like, this this was not helpful to her. But it let me see things that, that I would not agree with. I wouldn't yeah. recommend the book. But it let me see a point of view of what people do teach and what they they do in their lives. So I think these kinds of books are the books that need to be pushed to the younger generation because they're sitting on TikTok and they're sitting on and they're getting everything else pushed and it's wrong. Like it's wrong information being fed to them. And friendship is something that they're going to deal with the rest of their life. There's two chapters specifically that are really, I think, helpful for teenagers. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, they're principles that will help in any age bracket that's really saying, okay, I really want to develop a friendship. Maybe you've got a, maybe your situation where you're, you're, you're homeschooling your children, like Charity and I were both homeschooled, mm-hmm. and they don't have as many um, social outlets, and so they might develop a, a fear of, of not being able to make those friends, right. or how do I make those friends? Or, um, and I, I share a conversation, a story of my, my mother speaking with me about how to make a friend, and being available, and being aggressive, and all of these things. Those are extremely helpful to not only teach your te- teenager, but allow them to read uh, in the book, but... Some have told me this, that my husband hasn't read the book, but um, but I've learned so much that can help my husband. There are a lot of stories that are focused and directed at men because I do a lot of counseling with men. Um, all the principles are relatable to any person of, of teenage years going forward and any gender, both male and female. Yet at the same time, I've had a lot of women tell me, look, I've read this and I've been able to discuss these things with my husband and help understand where he's coming from uh, mentally of why yes. why doesn't he want to get together with this other couple or what right. is he looking for in another guy one of my best friends says my husband hardly re- hardly reads and it's not because he's not a genius smart man that has an amazing job 
It's just because he doesn't have time to read all the self-help books. Yeah. And so she reads them, and then she finds what she really likes and says, hey, listen to this this part and what you said, like the friendship yeah. book. She's done that. Yeah. Listen to this part, stuff that has helped her. So, And it's just spurred on discussion for them, things that he might help. So I think you're right, even though it is, it's helpful for anybody it's very helpful that you do direct it to men a lot, but it's yeah. like it gives you an understanding of what they're coming from and what mm-hmm. they're doing. So um, how did you come up with the title for your book? Uh, that's a great question, I guess. Uh, so I love literature. I love stories. I love movies. I love reading. I love that. Right. So this has always been a passion of mine. And, and as I was doing some research for this, um, over the years, I began to realize how many, uh, how I should say, how few stories in English literature, how few movies in English world, English speaking world, are focused on the concept of friendship. Much is focused on romance. Mm-hmm. Everything is, especially in the 20th century, there became a a huge focus on 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 romance and marriage and even if you go back to the 19th century with with writers like Jane Austen and and the great English writers of Great Britain there's romance this romance that which is beautiful wonderful mm-hmm. thing but not so much on friendship so then i began to research okay what has been written on friendship and obviously tolkien wrote a right. great deal about friendship and and uh, and certain movies that would be right. popular even now the, the the focus is not romance it's friendship and mm-hmm. i began to research those and i been I realized that within the seven types of storytelling, one of the stories, one of the ways to tell a story is called a quest. And Mm. oftentimes in quest stories, there is a friend that comes alongside. Even with Pilgrim's Progress, you see this to be the case. There's a friend that comes alongside. and, And it's almost as if, is it possible to have a quest without a companion coming alongside. And so then I, I said, man, I, I would like to talk about it from that perspective. That's why I open each and every chapter with a, uh, a, a, different, a, a different moment of a quest. Yes, I love that. Where friends are coming together. Yeah, yeah, I really love that. And I thought, I wonder which, which um, friend in all of these quotes that he relates to the most. Like, oh. That's what I thought. Hmm, does he see himself as Frodo? <laughs> does he see himself every time? Yeah. Who does he see? Because because you label you label all of us. <laughs> and I thought, well, I'm the I'm Josh? the hero of every story. Yeah, right. That's it. I am clearly, I am clearly the hero of every not story. Not Aslan, all right. No, no, not Aslan. No, in that I am Edwin every time. Yeah, that I one was Edwin. good. I know. Even uh, when I was watching and reading those when I was younger, I labeled you as. Yeah, I'm Edwin. Clearly. I think I talk about that in the book. Do I talk, talk do. about that in the book? Yeah. Every time I've read that or seen that, I'm like, oh, dear God. I'm the one up on the hillside with Aslan looking down and all the siblings looking up like, oh, good. Edwin's getting right with Aslan. That's, we've been waiting for that. If you don't know the story, you've got to. Don't buy Quest for Friendship. Go read Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. You've been missing out. <laughs> because that's, that's, my, that's my story. All right. So where can we talk to, cut, oh, just a minute about it, but where can we find your book? Yeah, you can just go to Amazon, and um, and you can get it there. Um, also, if you did already purchase it, uh-huh. I'd love for you to rate and review it. That really does help bring it up in Do the... Do you have a special code for our listeners, like free shipping or anything? I would love to do that. Uh, yeah. There, there <laughs> yeah. is. 
<laughs> but I don't know how to do that on Amazon, to be blunt. Oh, because um, it's on Amazon. That's yeah. right. On Amazon, uh, you can get it, and it automatically be free shipping if oh, you are Prime member. Prime, yeah. Now, if you do go to, um, for for our listeners. Idea Network. Yeah, if you do go church. to ideanetwork.church and go to the store, mm-hmm. um, it's available there. And if you type in, with all caps, free shipping, no space, free shipping, um, it'll be absolutely free shipping. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, that's perfect then. Yeah. So if you don't have Amazon Prime, I know I have lots of friends that don't have it. I have it through my father. So <laughs> So do <laughs> I as a forty one year old man. <laughs> but if you don't, go to ideanetwork.church and you can put in the code just for our listeners. Free shipping, Boom. all caps, smushed together, like yep. one word. Smushed free it. shipping. All right. So thank you. Josh, this is so good. Thank you so much for coming. I I think friendship is one of the best things that people can study out and learn and grow because Christ, the reason he he loves us in a friendship way mm. as a brother. Yeah. And brothers can be some of the best of mm, friends. Beautiful. And having a friendship exhibits and being the way the friend that God wants you to be really can show Jesus Christ to the world. So thank you so much for joining us and be sure to join us for in two weeks for episode 42. 42. We're going to be talking about dating, how it was dating in high school. Hey, I'd love to join you for that episode. Yes, with and with Josh is going to join us. What? So we're going to be talking about dating, how it was. We're not necessarily going to talk about what you need to do for your children with dating in high school, but we can tell you things that happened in our home and it'll be, it's going to be a fun episode. So good. I'm glad Josh is going to join us. So until next time, remember this is Tice Talks and it's more than a conversation. It's more than a conversation.